Hello and welcome. I'd like you to meet Sammy Bartholomew Scaling, also known as Sammy B. Scaling. Sammy is an Amazon advertiser who is currently spending $10,000 a month and they want to increase their market share by double. And they'll be using Amazon PPC to do it. They can spend $20,000 in the next 30 days, which is doubling of their budget. What should Sammy B. Scaling do on the inside of their Amazon advertising accounts tonight? We'll explore the ins and outs of scaling a PPC campaign. My name is Michael. And my name is Michael as well. This is the PPC Den Podcast. Here in the heart of the jungle, we find one of the most interesting creatures of its kind. Amazon PPC Advertising. Buried deep amongst the undergrowth with its campaigns and targeting, lay hazards like keywords without conversions, unprofitable ad spend, and a mountain of ever-evolving complexity. But if you look beyond the obstacles of life here, there is hope and opportunity. We will journey to every corner of Amazon ads to explore and share the greatest treasures the jungle has to offer. This is the Amazon PPC Den Podcast. What's going on, Badger Nation? Welcome to the show. We've got a fun one for you today. Uh, We had an email come through from a uh, customer of AdBadger and they said, what kinds of things can I do to double? I got more money to spend and I want to spend it. How should we spend it? Where should we spend it? That is what we're going to get beginning into today. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. I'm going to call them Sammy B. Scaling. So there's three things that we think you should do if you are trying to double your ad spend, if you're trying to scale your advertising account from five to 10, from a thousand to 2000, from 10 to 20, 20 to 50. Some people like to go more than double. So the things that we're gonna be talking about today, the first bucket, let's jump into it. Alrighty, so the campaigns that are better then your target ACoS is the first category. Uh, again, all of your campaigns should have a target ACoS. And this first bucket of things to consider when you are trying to scale are, the first bucket is campaigns that are doing better than your target ACoS. So first things first, what is the first thing? When you're trying to scale an account, you're looking at your campaigns that have better than target ACoS. What's the first thing you look at? First thing we look at is budget. Um, things that are running out of budget that should not be budget limited, say that they're under your ACoS target, those should never be budget limited unless they have a good inventory based reason. And by that, that means you have some sort of restriction in your supply pipeline and you're not going to get stuff into the warehouse or into your own warehouse, or if you're running out of stock. Um, sometimes if you're running out of stock, you have to push up that that's uh, that sales price. And then you may have to have a little bit lower budget on those as well. Yeah, exactly. So being sure that you're not budget limited, part one. The next thing that you want to be doing is you want to be downloading your sponsored products and your sponsored brand search term impression share report. These are relatively new reports. Uh, and we'll probably do a full episode on them. I actually think they're a little bit buggy as at the time of this recording, which is mid-May 2020. 
21. Um, so hopefully by like next week or the week after, we have some bugs fixed from them. I actually think the, the search term impression share for either sponsored products or sponsored brands is just completely off because they're so wildly different if you compare, compare the same search term. But either way, like when you look at this, it should clue you in to, you know, at least what your search impression share rank is because it actually tells you how many like you know if there's a thousand impressions and you collect all thousand of them you'd be rank one and if your next closest competitor gets 900 they'd be ranked two so on and so forth so it would at least tell you that so if you have a campaign that's doing better than your target acos you theoretically can just go in there and just i mean add an extra zero to that budget. You can increase it from $100 a day to $1,000 a day. But what are the things that you need to be looking at in order to do that? Of course, number one we mentioned is inventory, but also you need to have really good bid optimization because it is possible that even though your campaign is doing better than your target ACoS, when you're inside of that, you might have some keywords that are not doing better than your target ACoS. And you don't want those to run away with ad spend, you might have some keywords that haven't had time to get impressions, but are gonna end up being not as good as the ones already getting impressions. So you're gonna to wanna to be watching these things like a hawk, and of course, be doing bid optimization on them. So if something does start going up, you are decreasing the bids on it. Um, so that's a really, really important part of this. When you're increasing your budgets for a campaign that has a better than target ACoS, you do wanna be sure that you're not going to be increasing spend to things that are not going to be profitable, but just haven't had room to to be unprofitable yet. Like maybe something just had five clicks. Now all of a sudden it has a huge budget and now all of a sudden it's going to get, you know, 50, 100 clicks uh, and not going to be converting the way that it was supposed to. Um, so that's really important to to consider too. You need to be watching it like a hawk. And in terms of budget ramp up, you know, if, if we had a campaign that's going really, really well, it's at $100 a day in ad spend. And, you know, we basically have a month to double the size of the entire account. Would you just go in and, and just on day one of the month, just go $100 a, in, a day in budget to $200 a day in budget on that campaign that's doing better than target ACoS? Or how would you approach that? Me, myself, I would do it incrementally. Um, I would add a little bit at a time, probably about 25% of that additional budget um, over the next few days and then continue to add. I would spread that out over at least a week to, to ramp that up, but I would ramp up gradually, not all at once. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I'm a big fan of inching things up slowly over time. So really like the most aggressive, I would probably go, just like you mentioned, let's say you have a couple campaigns, they're spending $100 a day and they're better than your target ACoS, I would still only just push these up, you know, 25% each, watch it for a day or two, probably push it up another 25% from there. And slowly but surely over the course of maybe one week, eventually be moving, be ha have moved from $100 a day and spend to $200 a day and spend. Because it just allows you to be sure that, you know, your bid optimization is doing what it's supposed to. You're being responsive to any of this new data that you're getting. But yeah, for things that are going well, you want to be on top of all of those uh, searches for sure. I would also say with the campaigns that are going better than target ACoS, if you have a mixed keyword campaign, so this would be any campaign with more than one keyword in it, I would probably 
break out the top 10%, the very best ones, and move those into a single keyword campaign with its own dedicated budget with a, with their own dedicated placement bid settings. Um, because generally what I've found with the best performing keywords is that they generally perform very well on top of search. Uh, so I would just want to maximize my visibility for top of search, really fine tune what it's worth because you might have, you know, 10, 20, 30, 50 keywords in a single ad group. And you're just going to want to be sure that your top of search bid is exactly where it needs to be. It's as aggressive as it needs to be for each individual keyword. So by putting the very best keywords into a single keyword campaign, I found that you can generally get some more juice out of the orange, so to speak. Yeah, that's for sure. The same thing we've seen in, in our experience with different campaigns across the board is always those single keyword campaigns will take off, uh, especially on that top of search. Yeah. And, you know, of course, when you do this too, you've got to also think about negatives, don't you? Right. Yeah, that's that's one thing for sure that sometimes gets forgotten about. And that's one thing that's the next bullet point on the list here is make sure that uh, we have to pay attention to the negatives. So it's making sure that you are negating out of the autos and that for sure so that you're not double bidding there and, and capturing those again as, as viable keywords that you can move in and graduate into other um, campaigns. But then also as you're graduating search terms, you have to make sure that you are negating out of there too. So if you're moving from a broad to an exact, uh, make sure that you're negating out of the broad campaign, making sure that that's out of it as well. Yeah, I've seen some weird things happen sometimes where people you know throw on more budget. Uh, it's possible that the targeting is now different. So let's say you took something that was, you know, budget limited uh, and now you increase the budget. Maybe it's something like an auto or, or something like that. You could theoretically start showing up for lots of new things, different things that you haven't showed up for previously. And you just want to be on top of that. So the way that you're on top of that, you ideally do gradual increases, probably no more than 20, 25% of your budget per day, probably like per campaign, uh, probably be watching your bid optimization very closely. Be sure that your negatives are dialed in for sure. And I think we've got one more thing to do with campaigns that are doing better than your target A costs. Yep. There's one thing that's on the list there. The last thing is just additional RPSB and making sure that we're graduating those search terms, but this isn't a search term. This is product targeting. Um, so we don't want to forget about that. A lot of times people will forget about and everything's focused completely on and solely on keywords, but we want to make sure that we are taking out those, those winning products as well. Uh, the autos are great at doing that. So if we're increasing the budget there, it'll bring a lot more of that cream to the top. And that way we'll be able to get a lot more products that we can target. And then a lot of times these work very efficiently. So make sure that we're taking those products out. But again, let's make sure that we're taking care of those negatives too, because if we're breaking those out into a product targeting campaign, we can negate them out of the auto campaign. Right on. So in summary, the easiest place to scale is going to be your campaigns that already are doing better than your target ACoS. You don't want those budget sure. limited. You, When you increase the budget threshold for them, you want to be careful. You want to be making sure that your bid optimization is dialed in. And with that, let's jump in to the second bucket. Alrighty, campaigns worse than your target ACoS. This is very common. You know, a lot of times we will want to scale an account and we'll have some good campaigns 
anthem campaigns that are going to be doing worse than your target a cost and i mean with this if you were to go in there you're spending a hundred dollars a day your target a cost is 30 percent. you have a campaign maybe it's at 45 or 50 and if you were to just go in there and double the budget i mean what's going to happen yeah you double the budget on that your a cost is just going to get worse it'll probably get worse uh, most of the time it, yeah most of the time and spend worse. more you'll, you'll spend more money <laughs> and it'll get worse yeah, for sure. It'll just eat up that budget for sure. And that's why, you know, we want to make sure that when we run into the situation, we're very careful on what's happening and we're making sure that we are adjusting appropriately before we dump in that budget. And and I think with things that are over target ACOS, like one of the easiest and most impactful things to do is control, it's like you can control ACOS through bid optimization. Um, so there's this interesting concept when people are trying to scale campaigns, trying to make them bigger. We want to be able to say, hey, I'm currently spending $10,000 a month. I've got good keywords that are better than my target. I've got bad keywords that are worse than my target. The keywords that are worse than your target are still generating orders. It's just that the A cost is too high. I am of the camp and I, a lot of people uh, that I know are also of this camp. I think a lot of high powered marketers are in this camp where you don't necessarily want to pause a keyword. You know, you might have a keyword that gets six orders a month, but the A cost is like 80, 90%. That's way higher than you want it. Don't pause that keyword. You instead want to bid down on these keywords. You want to bid what it's worth. And we've got lots of episodes on that, on how to bid specifically what the keyword is worth, you know, looking at the revenue per click uh, and essentially just multiplying that by your target A cost is a very simple way to determine what a bid should be for that keyword. And then when you multiply that out by all of the hundreds of keywords that are going to start worse than your target A cost that need to be bid down, when you multiply that out, you end up with a, a pretty significant long tail. You know, not every keyword is going to be awesome out of the gate. A lot of them are going to have to bid down, but the amount that you're going to have to bid down that it will get, you know, a few orders a month at a target A cost that you want because you've done bid optimization, that number will be quite large. So, you know, even if you have one keyword that only gives you five orders a month, you have to bid low. Now it gives you three orders a month, maybe two orders a month. Hopefully, the the march of PPC optimization is to repeat this process over and over and find a hundred, a thousand keywords that are giving you like two orders a month, you know, these little trailing ones, but you add all these up. Now, all of a sudden that could be a thousand or 2000 orders throughout the course of optimization. And that process sort of long tail mm, finding of all these things is how you can scale things that when you currently look at it, are doing worse than your target A costs. So can you, like any campaign out there right now that's doing worse than your target A costs, can that campaign eventually be made bigger? Like, could you be spending more? Could you be getting more orders from it? The answer is yes. Uh, and you do it through that slow march of long tail keyword research, finding these things, bidding the appropriate amount. And that's how you push a campaign that's underperforming forward. Uh, and that's, 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 that's the juice, right? That's like the good stuff. That's like the climbing up the mountain activity uh, of trying to push a, an account forward where maybe not everything isn't hitting a home run right out of the gate. Yeah, right. It's all about those incremental sales. And if you can add, you know, like you were saying, 10, 15% additional sales, 
I mean, that's all gravy on top of what you were doing initially. And um, those those home runs out of the park happen once in a million. Um, sometimes you get them, but sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. And it's also pretty interesting too. Um, carefully, sometimes you might have a keyword that isn't doing uh, great. Like maybe it's sitting there at like a 50% ACOS. Maybe it's only showing up in you know rest of search maybe it's only getting visibility in a spot where it it can't shine because uh, periodically right. you might have a better conversion rate on top of search so periodically it might make sense to take a keyword that's at you know 50 percent uh a cost you're targeting like 30 to actually push up the bid ever so slightly to see if you can eke out some better clicks at top of search. Uh, I would not recommend this be done in mass. This is probably like one at a time. Uh, and generally after many, many things are done first. So I wouldn't do that very much, very often, but it's worth considering uh, periodically to get some more juice out of things that are doing worse than your target ACoS. But of course, the very best thing to do for your campaigns that are doing worse than your target ACoS actually doesn't have to do with your campaigns at all. It's actually got to do with some product page improvements. That is correct. There's a ton of product page improvements that we've seen that will lift uh, the conversion. And that's kind of what it's about too, is, is making sure that we convert once we actually land that visitor on the page. So one of them um, is price, price sensitivity. Uh, there's Customers are very price sensitive on Amazon. Sometimes that slight change to the price can can mean the difference between the sale and, and not a sale. And I'm talking even like 50 cents a quarter sometimes will even cause that to trigger. Yeah, so the price testing for sure. Um, what else should we be thinking about when it comes to product page improvements? Right, yeah. So, I mean, that was the top of the list is, is the price testing. Number two on the list that we have are, you know, are your product photos good? Um, Sometimes they can have some improvement. Some of the things that we've seen that are left completely out of product set, product photo sets are dimensions. Dimensions are huge. If people don't have any scale as to what your product actually is, uh, a lot of times they won't purchase. So a lot of times your competitors will have that and they'll convert on those. Uh, So product photos. Uh, the number three on the list is, do we have a video? Uh, videos are, I always say that videos are worth a million words. Uh, pictures are worth a thousand. Um, so, you know, you can always get a lot of value out of a video. Even if it's a 10, 15 second video, those are great to have on your page. Mm-hmm. So that's number three on the list. Mm-hmm. And then number four on the list is the reviews. Uh, do you have a review strategy in place? What is your current customer review count? And then what is the current uh, number of stars that you have? Like if you have a a product that's sitting at 3.5 stars and you're trying to scale it, it may not be the time to scale it. Maybe you need to loop back, fix those reviews, get it up to a four, four and a half, and then push on the gas. Yeah. Couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. You know, those products that are, it's almost like a superpower. If you have a, just a super high converting product, you probably have a lower percentage of your account that's currently doing worse than your target ACoS, right? So so like these things, you know, generally those products, it's not an accident, like how they got there. So right. we've covered campaigns that are doing better than your target ACoS, and we've covered campaigns that are doing worse than your target ACoS. And one of those is relatively easy, you know, get more juice out of the things that's already producing well. One of those is a little bit more difficult. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, trying to grow something that's actually doing worse than your target ACoS. And finally, let's move to the third bucket of activities to do to scale your campaigns. 
And this is probably probably the easiest bucket, to be honest. There's, uh, you know, because it's wide open spaces. You know, somebody asked me the other day, like, what's our approach when we take over an account? And it's like, well, we never go in and completely rip it to shreds, nuke the whole thing, burn it to the ground and just build a new from scratch because there's a lot of consistent data in there. And then you should go and do the previous things that we talked about to scale them uh, and improve them and optimize them. Now, the last bucket is all about new things to spend your money on. Things like, I mean, something that's very, very common right now uh, is somebody comes by and is like, hey, can you take a look at my campaigns? Like, what am I missing? What am I trying to do? What's off? How do we grow this thing? I will go into the campaign manager. I will say, filter by type, show me your sponsored display spend, show me your sponsored brand spend. And I mean, at very least, I would expect if somebody's spending $10,000 a month, I would expect, I would hope that, you know, three, $4,000 of that is coming from sponsored display and sponsored brands together. So if they're not, I kind of get a sense like we can probably take this from 10,000 to 14,000 pretty much right away just by adding these additional ad types, you know, take those best keywords, plop them in sponsored, right. sponsored brands and your account can probably grow 20, 30% just from doing that pretty simple thing. So got to use those campaign types. For sure. And that's just laying on the additional value to that too. I mean, you can attack these in different ways if you're adding those different layers onto it, those different campaign layers, which brings us to um, some of the different targeting ideas that we've been talking about, Mike. And I know that we have several listed on the board there. So let's talk about the first one. First one is brand defense. Mm -hmm. uh, we have talked about that before. And a lot of times when, when we're talking in, to clients and we're looking at what they're doing for brand defense, a lot of times it's a very loose net on what they've actually done before. So we're talking about spending some additional money there and bolstering that brand defense and making sure it's a complete tight net and making sure that nothing's getting away from there. Yeah. So that's item number one. I think it's so interesting with brand defense, you know, it's more than just, you know, bidding on your own branded keyword and in a sponsored product. And it's more than just, you know, bidding on your own product in sponsored products. So like, that's like step one. And I, what right. I think is interesting about some of these different targeting ideas is that so far we've covered that using sponsored products, like bid on your own brand, phrase mesh, sponsored products, bid on your own products using sponsored products, but then also do sponsored display type targeting with your own brand, sponsored brands type targeting with your own brand. So not only is it like a different ad type, but it's also a different targeting category. So like when you combine these things, the amount of things that you could launch is pretty big. So, you know, if you're spending money on sponsored products, brand defense, both for keywords and products, you also want to expand that out to sponsored display and sponsored brand. Same thing with competitor targeting. You know, we talked a couple weeks ago about the sponsored display double tap. That is where you bid sponsored right. display for other ASINs that are not yours on search results. So, you know, you're even if they don't click on your product in search results, hopefully you can still get a sponsored display ad on those competitor products. So again, it's a matter of using all the ad types available and also extending those into these different categories. So a lot of people don't really think about, oh, brand defense, that's where I bid on my own product in sponsored products, but also sponsored brands and sponsored display. Same thing with competitor brand targeting. Uh, so got to cover the bases on all of that. And you can get, it's, it's pretty creative too. Like it's not just simple sponsored products, but you can get pretty nuanced with how you're using 
brand defense and competitor targeting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's multiple different ways that you can take that. Um, and, and one other idea that we have is the cross-selling idea. You know, not only is there the opportunity to defend your brand space, but you have the opportunity to cross-sell different products or uh, complementary products also uh, to the people who have landed on your product display page. So you might have the opportunity to maybe not convert on that specific product, but maybe they're looking at something that's very close to the product that, um, that or a complementary product that to the one that they're actually on those pa- package sizing kind of popular. Hey, do you want, you want the five right. pack or the seven pack? Um, exactly. Or, um, you know, strength of something. Do you want the medium strength or the extra strength? If it's not, if they're not, you know, true variants of uh, the same product could be pretty interesting there. Um, complementary products, you know, basically doing what, uh, you know, auto campaigns kind of do like compliments and substitution. So like compliments, you know, if I'm selling, a kayak, maybe I'm also going to hit them with a, I don't know, fishing pole because that might be. I was going to say life vest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's even better. That's like a complimentary <laughs> thing. Um, so that could be pretty helpful, and you can even get, you know, creative with it. You know, using different targeting types, combining them. You can throw a sponsored display in there as well. Now you have audiences that you can start targeting these products to. So there's so many interesting things that you can do there. Um, you can reverse ASIN your own product and competitor products for new keyword ideas. This is probably one of the easiest things. Like anytime I feel like there's been a drought for us for new keywords, it's like, well, I think it's time to do some reverse ASIN lookups on our products and competitor products. And you can almost always squeak out some keywords that you haven't picked up on before. Yeah, for sure. It's all about looking for that incremental opportunity mm-hmm. and that'll definitely bring it to the top. Yeah. So that brings us to our to our last point there, which is the auto campaign. A lot of people fear adding some additional, mm-hmm. but it's not that. It's embracing it. Yeah. Right. So Mike, tell us about embracing that auto campaign. Yeah. You know, some people like will turn off an auto after some time or like not want to do it. And I think we talked about right. uh the ACOS power ratio in the past, where if your ACOS power ratio and again, highly recommend that episode. It's, uh, I think, one of the best ones we've done. It just basically describes how tight or loose your campaigns are. So if you have a very, very tight campaign where almost everything is exact match, that's not exactly good because you're not giving opportunity to find those variations and those word stems that are related to your keywords. So you kind of want to be opening yourself up to broad phrase and auto and category targeting to find those things that you wouldn't have thought of yourself or that didn't specifically come up uh, in using a keyword tool. So the only way to really find these new things is to play with auto phrase broad uh, and maybe even category I would include in that grouping because, and you can measure this by looking at your ACOS power ratio, because if your ACOS power ratio is very, very high, that means you have a very wild and loose campaign. So when you have a very high and wild and loose campaign, what does that even mean? Well, that just means it's probably time to slow down your loose targeting. So slow down your autos, slow down your broad, slow down your phrase. But for the most part, I actually see sometimes people that are trying to scale can sometimes be too tight. So I think being sure you incorporate your auto, your broad, your phrase is going to be important here uh, for this stage. Right, right. Use everything that auto has. Now, these last two ideas are a little... uh, 
unorthodox because we talked about in the first two buckets, we talked about campaigns better than your target ACoS and then campaigns worse than your target ACoS. Here, when we're trying to scale an account, you can actually just throw out your ACoS in the sense of you can bid, instead of bidding for ACoS, you could bid for other things. So you can bid for rank. For example, let's say you have a keyword, it's doing well, it's at 30% ACoS, you have a target ACoS of 30%. But what you might want to do here is actually just bid for rank. Maybe you notice that you're not in a strong organic position and you just want to crank up the sales on that. One thing you can do here is just bid for rank. So you're bidding more aggressively, then you're checking where your positional uh, checking where your position is, bidding more aggressively, checking your position. So you are increasing the size and scale of your account. You're increasing the orders, but you're just measuring it with a different KPI. So I think this phenomenon of bidding for rank is one that can really help scale your campaigns. And lastly, we've got bidding for total ACoS. This is a similar kind of thing. Let's say you have a target ACoS, keyword 30%, and that keyword is at 30% ACoS. You can then check the total ACoS for that product, you know, the advertising revenue compared to the total revenue. And you can begin making decisions for that. And you can say, well, I want to target a 10% total ACoS. I'm currently at 7%. I have some extra budget to, to spend here. I'm just going to bid more aggressively on it. So I'm going to sort of lower my ACoS expectation and instead be measuring certain things by a different KPI, a different key performance indicator. So when you combine these sort of last two points, you kind of have three or four different categories depending on where you look at it. Campaigns doing better than your target ACoS, campaigns doing worse than your target ACoS, campaigns where you won't be measuring ACoS, instead you'll be doing ranking type activities or total ACoS type activities, and then just brand new things brand new campaign ideas to launch. When you combine all of these things, I generally believe most campaigns have so many things to do. You know, we've got nearly 140 published episodes here that uh, there's so many ideas that you could do. I generally believe that any account out there could probably find more volume by hitting a lot of these topics. Um, and with that, I think that is how Samuel B. Scaling could scale their campaigns. Closing thoughts, Michael Tejeda. I think it's just about finding that incremental sale, making sure that we're using everything at our disposal. We talked about so many different topics, ways to attack it and add additional layers onto it. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Adding a layer, seeing if it's effective, adding a new layer, and then hitting it a different way. So yeah, I, I'm very happy with where we're at, adding those additional things. Yes. Uh, it's almost like... A you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? Yes. The the dice, I've never played, but the die that you use is like how many sided? Well, there's one that's a 20 sided. 20 sided. It's it's literally almost like PPC when you're trying to scale. There's so many things that you could do. Just like roll that dice, throw it, and it's going to land on something. It might land on, you know, are you running a cross-selling campaign? It might run on, have you reverse ASIN your own products? It might right. land on, take your best keyword and put it into a single keyword campaign. There's so many things that you can do when you scale a campaign. And hopefully we've given you some good ideas. Have a good one, everyone. I'll see you next week on the PPC Den podcast. Bye, everybody. This, this is, is the PPC, the PPC Den, Den podcast. Den podcast.
Can you make this voice, Michael? Oh, uh, I don't know if I can get that low. And my name You're getting is there. Michael as well. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, well, uh, take three. Take three. Take three. Cut. Take three.